Welcome to Realty Talk, the show that brings together the country's most authoritative and respected property experts. Follow us on all the socials and subscribe for updates and exclusive offers. Realty Talk is powered by realty.com.au, connecting buyers, sellers and agents differently. Greetings and welcome to Realty Talk, your trusted voice for all things property. I'm Bushy Martin from Nahau Property Finance, and we've got another very special feature show for you again this week. Current nightly news headlines continue to create the false impression that property markets are crashing everywhere. But proven property analysts know that when the stampeding herd are fearful, the few smart contrarians get greedy. Because it's never about when to buy property, it's always about where. So to inform you on what's really happening with property conditions and to review where the best property opportunities are around the nation moving forward, Pete Wargent joins us to unpack the results of Buyers Buyers' latest annual investor report. So if you're looking for all of the hot tips on what to buy where in order to stay ahead of the pack, keep watching to get all the answers. And before we get into it, make sure that you stay on top of all of the best property opportunities by jumping on channels.realty.com.au forward slash Realty Talk and hit the subscribe now button so that you don't miss another episode and that you get every show in your inbox every week. And for making the effort, we'll give you a free copy of my award-winning book, Get Invested. We've got a treasure trove of property gold to share. So let's get on with the show. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. Know How has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less, and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. Greetings and welcome. Now, given the deluge of doom and gloom that's dominating mainstream media headlines on misleading stories claiming that rising interest rates are going to lead to a major property market crash, we thought it was timely to balance the fear fiction frenzy with some real facts. Because it's actually times like these, when you actually swim against the tide of popular but uneducated opinion, the greatest opportunities actually arrive. You see, it's never a question of when you should be buying or investing in property, because if you can, the best time is always now. The real question needs to be where amongst the 10 million odd properties spread across more than 15,000 suburbs captured in over 200 regions and about eight capital cities is the best property to suit your strategy and your capacity. So to help you unpack what's really happening in property across the nation and where the best opportunities will be over the next year, we're joined by Realty Talk favourite and renowned property investor and analyst, Pete Wargent, who's now actually spearheading the Buyers Buyers Group. And they've just released their 2022-23 investor report that identifies the top suburb picks. So welcome back to the show, Pete. Pleasure. Thanks, Bushy. Always great to be on. Likewise, mate. Now, can you sort of kick things off by giving us a bit of an update on Buyers Buyers itself in terms of what it is, how you're different, what you actually do, uh, how does, and ultimately, how does this best position you to predict future property price movements and trends? 
we're a uh, national uh, marketplace or property marketplace for buyers agents. So we offer fully independent advice. So we've got no vested interest in where you should buy. We've got fully national coverage. We work with some of the best buyers agents in the business, every state and every territory, and we can cover all budgets and all briefs. So um, we also do property planning and strategy, um, and we come at it from a national perspective. So we don't focus on any particular state or any city. Uh, we cover the full gamut. Yeah, no, it's uh, certainly a unique platform in, in the space. And, and given you've got people on the ground as well as that sort of central overview, uh, it, it really uh, does give buyers an opportunity to get the, the best of both worlds. So no, that's awesome, mate. Well, look, um, to sort of start digging into it then at a, at a macro and micro level, as I would call it, where are property prices heading around the country in the short to medium term? And most importantly, why as you, as you read it? Yeah, so as you mentioned, um, the property market overall is in a downturn. Uh, far fewer transactions happening at the moment as compared to last year. A lot of consumers are worried about rising interest rates. And there have been some price declines, particularly in Sydney and to some, to, to some extent Melbourne. And it's being driven especially by the what they call the top quartile of the market, so the premium end of the market. I think elsewhere, price growth has been slowing and in some cases falling. I think it's worth remembering, though, that um, in 2021, capital city prices were up 24%. So a slowdown is not unusual in that context. And I think at the moment, there's just a lot of caution around because a lot of borrowers have never seen an interest rate hike before, particularly the younger ones. And there's probably um, the prospect of more interest rate hikes to come over the rest of this year. Um, so that's driving some price declines, and especially at the top end of the market. Yeah, and that's an important distinction because the old medium values uh, sort of can paint a, a little bit of a misleading picture when there's actually opportunities uh, amongst different price uh, packets in different locations that that might sort of give a slightly different picture. But tell me, tell me, Pete, uh, how are the supply and demand drivers looking in the foreseeable future, and and what impacts uh, is this going to have geographically? Do you think? Well, on the demand side, we've been through a very unusual couple of years. I think unprecedented is an overused term, but it kind of is really. We've had um, border closures. We effectively had no immigration for a couple of years. And in fact, we lost an awful lot of temporary visa holders, about half a million of them disappeared over the COVID period. Uh, looking forward, though, um, population growth is going to go from a very low level, effectively just the natural growth in the population. Now we've got the borders reopening. There's a huge backlog of visa applications, about 900,000, and over half a million of those are people outside Australia. So you can expect to see population growth going back to around 350,000, maybe 400,000 by next year. Um, so we've got the demand side picking up again. On the supply side of the equation, well, we've had um, a record amount of detached house construction recently, uh, uh, driven really by the uh, home builder stimulus that the previous government put in place. But now construction is starting to slow. We're seeing a lot of insolvencies in the sector. Uh, the cost of building a house is up about 30%. Um, so we can expect to see the supply side of the equation slowing. So there's lots happening that is um, sort of positive for the rental market. There's just one factor that's pulling 
in the other direction and that's interest rates which is causing all of the caution at the moment yeah no it's uh, always interesting so in that context then pete uh, you think that uh, rising interest rates are going to have as much impact on softening property values as the hysterical headlines in the mainstream media would like to have us believe uh in a word no i think if you if you actually look at uh, what's happening with mortgage stress mortgage arrears uh, most borrowers are coping pretty uh, comfortably with interest rate hikes. It's worth remembering that um, although um, the cash rate target went to zero for a short period of time, it was only there really through the COVID period as an exceptional circumstance. It's quite normal to have interest rates um, a bit higher than zero, of course. Uh, so look, today, there hasn't has been much in the way of um, actual stress. Um, households built up, uh, well, half a trillion dollars of savings through uh, through the COVID period. Uh, most mortgages are ahead of schedule, about 70% or so. Um, there will be some impact, no, no question, on the housing market. But I think some of the sort of the hysterical headlines about uh, massive price declines, well, we're not really seeing that at the moment. In fact, uh, to date, across the market, relatively modest downturn. Yeah, and no, I agreed. So do you think there's a direct correlation between interest rates and property values or are there other dynamic factors that collectively affect residential prices? And if so, what are some of these other key value drivers? Well, every cycle is different. I think, um, you know, all things being equal, higher interest rates will reduce demand uh, in the housing market. But of course, the reason interest rates are going up is because um, demand in the economy has been so strong. So, um, what that does reflect is we're starting to see incomes rising. Uh, so NAB's labour, uh, NAB's uh, quarterly survey showed labour costs uh, surging. So um, households are earning more. Cost of building, of course, is going up. The other thing that's really changing in the housing market, uh, for the first time in a long time, we've got very tight rental markets. So rents are up at a double digit pace as well. Um, so there's not a direct correlation between interest rates and property prices. Um, I guess the one thing that is unusual is that this will be the fastest tightening cycle since 1994. So in the short term, there's going to be a hit to confidence. Um, but the terminal rate or the, the highest rate that the, the cash rate target will likely reach in this cycle will be about 3%. So it's still relatively low in historic and absolute terms. Yeah, totally agree. And you know, the average retail rates, if you look at it over the last uh, 40 years or so, is been around the 5% mark. So uh, we're really just getting back to normal in that context. Now, that's been great, Pete. Well, look, uh, that really does put things in perspective. I now want to take a short break before we jump into where the property opportunities uh, in the market are going to be. So stay with us for more here on Realty Talk. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Welcome back. Now, in continuing our great discussion with uh, Pete Wardgen from Buyers Buyers, uh, now that we've got a, a better sense of what's really happening in property around the country, we'll now deep dive into Buyers Buyers Investor Report. 
that's going to reveal where the opportunities are around the country and why. So, Pete, to kick things off there, what and where are the best places to buy property in today's market on a, a pretty much a state-by-state basis? And as you're going through them, I'd, I'd like you to sort of unpack what drivers are likely to influence each state and region in the short to medium term. So let's kick off with New South Wales, if we can. Well, I think if you start from the, the top down, but for a range of reasons, property market demand is being pushed um, down from the premium end of the market towards uh, the, the more affordable um, parts of the country. There's a range of reasons for that. It's partly lower borrowing capacity. It's largely driven by risk appetite. So the the premium end of the market tends to be what they call pro-cyclical. So it does really well in booms, but less well when there's a downturn. There's also changes to um, tax legislation, tenancy laws, and so on. Uh, so if we start with um, New South Wales, well, from January 2023, there's going to be quite a big change in New South Wales in terms of uh, stamp duty reform. We've been talking about this for years, of course, but finally it's coming into place for first-time buyers. So for first-time buyers up to uh, $1.5 million, they'll be uh, able to opt to not pay um, stamp duty going forward. So that's going to bring a lot of demand into that part of the market, sub $1.5 million. Um, So if you look at um, some of the locations that that will drive demand towards, well, houses in Newcastle, uh, Central Coast, Wollongong, not so much for houses in Sydney because $1.5 million, of course, in most of the parts of Sydney these days, you're you're talking about units. Um, So look, it it depends really on your budget, but um, there's certainly parts of the Hunter Valley, Central Coast, Newcastle and Lake Macquarie, uh, that are well worth a look, and also down towards um, the Shoalhaven and um, Illawarra. Yeah, spot on. So there's still a pretty strong drive in the the near regions around Sydney that are, I guess, following on from that exodus to lifestyle and the the infrastructure and technology support that's going around that. But let, let's now sort of shift uh, south to Victoria, and and Victoria again has copped a bit of a, a flogging in the press uh, of recent times, given. Uh, drops in in values or perceived drops in values uh, even before interest rates were uh, starting to rise. What's what's your read on where the opportunities are going to be in in Victoria? Yeah, it's interesting. If you look at the the 10 years between censuses, uh, Melbourne was by far and away the fastest growing city in Australia. It's just for the past two years, uh, we've had very little immigration into Australia and interstate migration has been a way from Victoria, so particularly to southeast Queensland. So there's um, there's been an unusual dynamic for a couple of years. That's had an impact on the housing market in some parts of the market. Um, and again, I think the, the demand is being pushed, uh, particularly for houses, just into some of those more affordable areas. So a lot of people would be looking at um, parts of uh, West Melbourne and lots of demand still in the more affordable suburbs of Mornington, as you well know, and, and likewise Geelong. Um, but um, typically in Melbourne, the best results over the past uh, 10 or 15 years have been for houses, much more so uh, than for units. I think um, some counter-cyclical buyers are looking at particularly three-bedroom units in parts of parts of Melbourne. Uh, but similar to New South Wales, really, the demand has been pushed down a notch into some of those more affordable suburbs, like sort of the Werribees, Hoppers Crossing and Frankston and so on. Yeah. Any of the sort of regional areas in and around Victoria that are likely to be uh, uh, opportunities as well, Pete? 
Yeah, and uh, just as you mentioned, as for New South Wales, look, uh, it's a very similar dynamic. Um, I think in the era where people don't have to work in the CBD all of the time, then some of those what they call peri-urban locations like Ballarat and Bendigo, lots of demand for housing there. Um, and of course, um, sort of median house prices around the 700,000 level in some of those key suburbs, um, much more affordable than, say, for example, in inner Melbourne. So um, likewise, um, Geelong and Mornington has been heaps of demand over the past couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Let's now sort of uh, complete our run down the eastern states and jump into the sunshine state. Uh, what, what's your read on where the opportunities might be in, in that location? Yeah, so um, as we mentioned, uh, southeast Queensland has seen the, the fastest population growth in the country over the past couple of years. A lot of people moving up, particularly from Victoria, also from New South Wales, a lot of people in the tech sector who don't need to be in the office all of the time. Um, so I would look, if I was looking in Brisbane today, I'd probably be focusing on uh, some of those north side suburbs, but ideally some of the more affordable ones like uh, Zilmere, for example, where you still got a median house price in the 700,000s. If you're looking a bit further afield, I guess the other popular places in southeast Queensland would be uh, Sunshine Coast. So places like Nambour, for example, still relatively quite affordable, certainly when you compare to the sort of Nooses and Parisian beaches of the world. Uh, but also Ipswich and Gold Coast, other places where you can still get in for sort of a median house price at around 700,000 dollars which is a lot more affordable than if you go into brisbane's inner suburbs or up to the sunshine coast yeah no good call now good old south australia where i've spent a lot of my time over the years has been a bit of a contrarian in in what's been happening in property in recent times at least what, what's your read on what's happening there and, and where the opportunities will be in the good old crowate estate well um you probably have a a very good handle on it yourself, Bushy, being a, almost a local <laughs> these days. But um, look, a lot of the demand in Adelaide has been driven by relative affordability. We've even had some clients who are from South Australia now moving back to Adelaide. Um, so that's a dynamic we haven't really seen much over the past decade. Been a slow and steady performer. But the, 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 the suburbs that are getting the biggest amount of attention in Adelaide seem to be those coastal suburbs. Um, uh, so um, close to the beach, uh, reasonably close to the city, sort of 10 to 20k radius. And um, compared to uh, Melbourne or Sydney, uh, very affordable uh, median house prices around the mid 600s. Um, so it's not just locals buying there, though. We've got a lot of interstate demand as well. And the rental market in Adelaide, well, it's probably one of the tightest we've ever seen for a capital city, right up there with Hobart from a couple of years ago. So you can see why that's attracting the interest of investors as well as owner-occupiers. Yeah, totally. Now, you, you mentioned the Apple Isle. Uh, it's had a, a halcyon run in, in recent years. Uh, what's your read in, in what's happening in, in Tasmania and where the, uh, the, the hot opportunities are there? Well, the, the Tasmania has had a, a spectacular run um, for the housing market. Unlike in many other parts of the country, uh, there wasn't a big surge in uh, building of units and apartments um, in Hobart. So uh, despite the, the boom in demand, there was never the overbuilding that we got in other parts of the country. And the market has just kept going on and on. I think realistically, um, the best time to buy in Hobart has passed. But if you're looking in Tasmania, you might look to um, some of the other towns and cities around the country. 
uh, which again is still relatively uh, affordable as compared to the mainland. Uh, just got to be a little bit careful about the price you pay, uh, particularly if you're looking at Hobart. Yeah, totally agree. Some of the northwestern coast, uh, west of Launceston, there's still really good coastal communities with all the, the services and, and the price points are considerably lower. So opportunities there. Uh, now, the, the good old Western Australia has had a bit of a mixed run, particularly over the last 10 years, but there's some pretty green shoots that, that have been coming up there in, in recent times. Uh, what are you uh, seeing uh, in WA and, and where are the locations there that are showing the, the, the greatest opportunity? Yeah, I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel too much uh, when you're investing in Western Australia. It's now actually the most affordable uh, capital city in the country um, in Western Australia. Incomes are relatively strong in WA and um, housing prices since the peak of the previous boom around 2012-13 have really not done that much. Um, so I guess, look, you're just basically sticking to the fundamentals of property investing when you're looking at Perth, uh, depending on your budget, um, you know, landlocked suburbs uh, around the median price, houses with potential to add value, rental markets pretty tight, lots of parts of the economy. Uh, it's not the same as the mining boom years. There's not the big boom in resources construction these days, but overall the economy's uh, coming out of COVID pretty well. Uh, so plenty of opportunities there for uh, people of a contrarian or counter-cyclical nature. Yeah, I, you know, I think the uh, WA has learned its lessons from the resource, resources downturn and they really are diversifying uh, the industry base and that there's some really affordable locations in that sort of Rockingham down to Bunbury uh, location where you know you're getting really good quality uh, for bedroom homes for you know shy of half a million dollars so there's uh, and really good rental yield so there's some definitely some opportunities in that neck of the woods if you're taking a, a long-term view uh just to round it out any any thoughts on the territory on um, it's a it's a very small area with a with a very low population so it can sort of uh, uh react in different ways and any any thoughts on the territory yeah, as a former resident of Darwin, I, I absolutely love the city. I think it's one of my uh, favourite places that I've ever lived, uh, not just in Australia, anywhere in the world. Um, because you said, it's a relatively much thinner market, particularly for investors. There was a huge boom during the mining boom years. And then since then, it's experienced the other side of that coin. Um, so look, I, again, like a lot of the demand is really for um, properties with a good uh, land to asset ratio where you're not just uh, buying the high-rise units um, but uh, yeah the it's a patchier economy really it's less diversified in the territory lots of public sector work and some mining um, so that for investors um, if you've got the risk tolerance it might be worth a look but generally speaking most investors are looking elsewhere at the moment yeah it's, it certainly doesn't have the, the growth drivers and like you i Spent about over a decade in the territory spread between Darwin and Alice Springs uh, uh, back in the late 80s and the in the 90s. Uh, it's so some good cash flow yield opportunities in that neck of the woods, but it doesn't have the sort of sustainable growth that you might see because of that lack of critical mass. Now, Pete, I, I wouldn't mind just sort of flicking to the flip side now and, and looking at what and where are the danger zones and which suburbs you should avoid in each state and why. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to danger zones, I mean, a lot of these are sort of um, issues that you would always uh, uh, sort of take note of, uh, particularly things like off the plan purchases. I think um, what well, we do know that statistically buying off the plan is 
riskier than buying established property anyway. Uh, but at this stage in the cycle, we've got um, construction insolvencies now at the highest level we've seen in six or seven years and, and rising. Uh, so I think you really need to do your research if you're thinking about buying off the plan. Uh, you tend to pay a premium anyway to buy brand new, but there's a lot of stuff happening in the sector that can create additional tiers of risk, even on top of what there already is. Um, at the moment, uh, I'd be a bit wary about uh, flood zones, um, as you would be anyway, but uh, just with the way things are going in terms of uh, regularity of events and uh, media reporting, uh, I think areas that are susceptible to flooding, you want to be really careful about what you buy because insurance premium are only really going up. Um, and the other things we've kind of already sort of touched on, things like one industry towns, they can do well in a boom period, but you really want to buy in areas that are well diversified in terms of their economy. So you're not just relying on one driver uh, for growth. So um, some of the smaller or one industry towns are obviously riskier areas as well. Um, so look, uh, no specifics there as such. It's more just uh, being careful about where and what you buy and sticking to the fundamentals or the basics of good property investing. Yeah, no, always very good timeless advice there, mate, and I really appreciate those insights, Pete. I, I want to now take another short break before we actually delve into a number of major state-based changes that you've a couple of you've touched on already that are likely to impact on property in the foreseeable future. So stay with us, mate, and uh, keep watching because you're here on Realty Talk, your trusted voice for all things property. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. KnowHow has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. Welcome back. Now, Pete, you've given us a great rundown on what's really happening in property alongside clear indications on where the opportunities lie. But I'd like to take a few minutes now to dig deeper into some of the major upcoming state-based changes that may have a potentially significant impact on property movements in the medium term, at least. Now, first one of those I want to dig into, which you've, you've touched on already, is the uh, I'd be interested in a, a few more thoughts on what impact New South Wales stamp duty changes are going to have on the types and locations of property uh, when that legislation comes into effect on the 1st of January next year. And I guess the, the flow on from that is, does this actually create a window of opportunity in, in some areas in New, South, in New South Wales? Yeah, so I guess um, what the legislation will do is it, it effectively reduces the deposit requirement uh, for uh, first home buyers. Um, so it's only really for that cohort that the tax legislation takes effect. The, the irony is, of course, that um, investors in the market can see what's going to happen. And therefore, it does create an opportunity which will get arbitraged away by investors. So um, the sector of the market that will be impacted will be the sub $1.5 million bracket. Um, but people tend to be quite mimetic. We do what everyone else is doing. What we'll likely see, there'll be a big surge in first home buyers 
um, in 2023, especially once people can see that interest rates aren't going to keep rising. Um, I think they'll generally come into the market, then people will start tapping the bank of mum and dad. Uh, they won't need as much money to get into the market because they won't be paying the stamp duty. Uh, so there'll be a big surge in activity for uh, units in Sydney and houses in some of those sort of peri-urban locations around Sydney in that sub 1.5 bracket. So I think a lot of investors will look to get into that sector of the market, almost front-running the opportunity. So uh, this is the irony of announcing these uh, changes in legislation in advance, of course. Yeah, totally agree. I, I, I did some calculations recently. Just by removing that uh, stamp duty hurdle, it's effectively going to increase the purchase price capacity for buyers in that sector by about 30%. So that, that's a fairly major jump, uh, which you know, at a time when things have been getting tight will be uh, revelational to some of those sort of surrounding regional hubs uh, in around Newcastle, the Hunter Valley and, and others that you spoke about previously. So well, I'm glad your uh, calculator uh, agrees with mine, Bushy, because I, I was very much a, a back of the envelope calculation. But I was thinking, well, really, for a first home buy, you'll only need about two thirds of the amount that you needed previously. So that roughly tallies with your 30 percent. So it's good to uh, sense check it. Uh, but of course, what that does mean, of course, is more activity and more purchasing uh, capacity for the first home buyer. Yeah, totally agree. Now, I want to shift uh, states to Queensland now, Pete, because uh, at a time when I, I think uh, particularly southeast Queensland was poised to capitalise on all the potential, but it's it's been incrementally enjoying, uh, the Queensland government now, and it's, uh, I don't know whether it's a good or bad thing, uh, but uh, they're now looking to institute a change to the land tax legislation where uh, what they're looking to do is effectively tax interstate investors from the 1st of July next year based on their entire Australian nationwide portfolio's land value. Uh, what effect do you think this is going to have on property demand and values in particular in Queensland? As well, yes, it's, it's quite a, a rapacious move for, for a state government to tax investors from interstate simply because they own an investment property in Queensland, and then, as you mentioned, it's going to be looking at the uh, the nationwide uh, land value of the portfolio. So I don't think this has been well understood yet by people who own uh, multiple investment properties. I think the um, the first thing that will happen, I mean, we already have a rental squeeze in many parts of southeast Queensland. There's been a big surge of people moving up to that part of the country. Uh, driven by the ability um, to capitalise on flexible working arrangements or uh, being in the office maybe two or three days a week instead of five. A lot of people have chosen those lifestyle areas, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, uh, Brisbane to some degree as well. Well, this is going to create some forced sellers. Um, some portfolio investors are just going to offload their Queensland property. As a result, I think we might see more interest maybe in townhouses and units as well to try and avoid the land tax. But I think the first impact is going to be on the rental market, which is already chronically tight. I think um, it's not really been thought through that well. I think the one of the concerns for investors is whether other states and territories start getting similar ideas. At this stage, there's no sign of that. Um, but the rental market is already too tight. And uh, this is only going to accentuate that. 
Yeah, totally agree. And I agree with you. I uh, I hope the other states don't uh, take note of that because I I know that, that from the Queensland government's perspective, they they're looking after their voters by not imposing that tax on on the locals. But it's certainly a significant uh, disincentive, particularly for uh, property investors who are uh, have multiple properties uh, around the country. Uh, it, it's certainly going to be deterrent. So, uh, and and I guess the. That's a good segue into the next question because uh, we've seen in recent times that uh, Victoria and Queensland have made fairly significant changes to their, to their residential tenancy legislation. Uh, WA is now looking to tighten theirs quite significantly. Uh, what impacts uh, do you see this having on the local and unit markets in those areas? Well, I think it's um, in some ways a similar potential impact. Uh, one of the interesting things in Australia is you, you have very few professional landlords, by which I mean sort of um, investors with large property portfolios. And, and two of the reasons, um, one of which we already mentioned, the land tax makes it quite difficult for people to grow very large property portfolios. If you look at uh, countries well, like the United Kingdom, where I'm from, for example, um, you have far fewer mum and dad investors, but you do have professional landlords with huge portfolios in some cases. Australia doesn't really have much of that, partly because of land tax. Uh, but also, if, you, if you're going to see uh, tightening uh, residential tenancy legislation as well, um, well, that's that's not going to encourage more professional landlords. Um, so I think um, at the uh, sort of macro level, it could lead to a tightening in the rental market. At the micro level, well, just increasing the tensions that, that sometimes exist, I guess, between landlords and tenants, most of whom are excellent. Yeah, that's true. I, I think the... The sort of invisible uh, influence here is that uh, for existing uh, landlords who have older properties who now have to spend a, a lot of money to get them up to code from various areas, uh, there'll be uh, landlords who offload those properties or just pr pretty much close the door and don't rent them, which is going to put further pressure on uh, the rental squeeze. So it'll be uh, interesting to see that pans out, mate. Look, mate, uh, it's been a really great, great chat. You've been very generous with your time, as always, and very enlightening with some of your comments. But before we close off, uh, where can uh, listeners get a copy of your Buyers Buyers Full Investor Report? Uh, jump on the website, buyersbuyers.com.au. If you go to the reports section of the website, um, you can still get that report absolutely for free. You can download it there. So um, plenty of other free information and guides and other uh, goodies there for you as well but um yeah report section of the website buyersbuyers.com.au yeah fantastic and, and for those interested in getting buyers buyers to assist them uh, with either their next property purchase whether it be strategy finance uh, property research selection or negotiation how do they go about it with buyers buyers and what's the best way for them to contact you please uh same way go to the website buyersbuyers.com.au um, as i mentioned there's plenty of uh, freebies there if you're interested in doing some market research or subscribe for our newsletter. But if you're looking for some guidance on uh, next steps or where and what to buy, uh, you can just contact us via the website. Always more than happy to help. Fantastic, Pete. I really appreciate your time, mate, and uh, look forward to staying in touch and uh, looking for the, the next innovative uh, insights that are going to come out of yourself and the Buyers Buyers team. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Bushy. Thanks, Pete. Well, as you can see, the reality of property is very different from the mainstream media rhetoric, and there's still a wealth of opportunities for smart property buyers who take advantage of the current window of opportunity to secure A-grade properties in A-grade locations 
before the fear-driven stampeding herd changes direction. Stay with us for more here on Realty Talk. Property depreciation is the natural wear and tear of a building and its assets. Property investors can claim depreciation as a tax deduction each financial year. Depreciation is a non-cash deduction. This means you don't need to spend any money in order to claim it. On average, BMT tax depreciation find residential investors almost $9,000 in first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation free quote. Well, that's another wrap for this week's show. Another big thanks to Pete Wargent and the entire Buyers Buyers team for generously sharing their very invaluable intel. And before we go, make sure you don't miss another episode of your trusted voice for all things property by subscribing to Realty Talk Now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen. And make sure you jump on channels.realty.com.au forward slash Realty Talk and click on the subscribe now button to get a free copy of my award-winning book, Get Invested. And while you're there, make sure that you check out one of Australia's most extensive range of properties for sale from over 7,000 agents nationally, where you'll even find properties that aren't listed anywhere else. Thanks again to realty.com.au and BMT Tax Depreciation for their ongoing support. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance. Remember to always get invested. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Miss something in this week's show or want to catch up on past shows? Do it anytime at realty.com.au where we connect buyers, sellers and agents differently. 